If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ghost Maps Entry 6 Bahau Marie comes over with two piping hot cups of coffee. Coffee, she had told me when she arrived, has been in a family for generations. So she insisted that I let her order and pay for it. I argue that She's here to help me, so I should at least pay for our drinks. But she has none of it. She tells me that I'm keeping a bit of her family history alive. I ask her about that as she takes a seat. This was not the first time I'd asked her to meet, but every time before, she had turned me down. She tells me that her grandfather had died just last month. She says that she had never been sensitive, making finger quotes as she says that word. But she loves her grandfather's stories about his time in Bahau. She looks off into the distance wistfully. And she turns back to me with a smile and says that I was probably the best person to keep this one particular story alive. I return a smile and tell her to start from the beginning. The beginning was the Japanese occupation. Her grandfather was about 10 at this time. The Eurasians, she tells me, were part of this thing called the self-sufficiency scheme. Long story short, a lot of them moved to a settlement in Bahau, up in Negri Sembilan. Most of them became farmers. Her great-grandfather, however, set up a little stall that served coffee and toast. He was a smart guy, she explains. Because while a lot of the other Eurasians weren't familiar with farming, he already had a little coffee place back in Singapore. She says that he had convinced the Japanese of his idea by placing his coffee shop right in the middle of one of the patrol routes. The officers were wary. But the men, however, were ecstatic about having a nice little respite during their rounds. Her grandfather would, of course, help out at the coffee shop, learning from his own parents the best way to make the coffee, but customizing it for each soldier's tastes. 
And because of the homely atmosphere, the men were a little more relaxed around her grandfather and his family, letting down their guard a bit more, blurring the lines a little between the oppressors and the oppressed. Her grandfather, she tells me solemnly, had seen a lot of terrible things during the war. But his time at Bahau helped tip the scales a little and made him the gentle soul she remembered him for. Marie is getting misty-eyed, so I switch off the recorder for a second and ask if she would like to continue. I offer her some tissues, which she accepts, and shakes her head and says that she's totally fine to continue. She points out to me that while many parts of Bahau were cleared by the locals prior to the war, there were still many thickly forested areas. The patrol route was one such area. Her grandfather could never remember which came first. It either started with the soldiers getting scratched by unseen assailants during the patrols, or with them getting temporarily lost on what had been previously familiar routes to them. The officers blamed Marie's great-grandfather at first, but the men stood by him, thankfully. A lot of the soldiers believe that demons or spirits had followed them from Japan. Marie says that her grandfather had a another theory. He thought that whatever it was that attacked them, it belonged to Bahau and to Malaysia. And it wanted them out. His theory, she tells me, holds a bit more weight, especially considering what happened when it all came to a head. It was an evening patrol and seemed pretty uneventful when the five Japanese soldiers stopped to rest at the coffee shop. One cup with less sugar, one cup with extra milk, and three normal cups. She smiles when she tells me that her grandfather couldn't really remember the details of that night, but he always remembered two things very clearly. The first was what the soldiers ordered. After their break, the soldiers got up to leave. One of them remarked about how much darker it was that evening, but one of the other men shushed him. As they reached the forest, however, the first man in the patrol was knocked down by some unseen force. He got up again, dusted himself off, and told the other men that it was nothing. But that was the other thing that Marie's grandfather remembered clearly from that night. The look on the face of that man as he tried to convince his fellow soldiers to move forward. See, he had seen coldness in the eyes of some of the Japanese soldiers, both in Bahau and back in Singapore. 
he had seen genuine humanity and care in the eyes of others. But he had never seen any of them scared. The soldiers tried taking different routes. But the result was always the same. Pushed back by some unseen presence. Some more forcibly than others. After several attempts, the soldiers huddled down around one of the coffee shop's tables, pleading with Marie's great-grandfather and his family to stay with them. So, they did. An hour passed, and the Japanese soldiers started to relax. Not enough to try to head back to their base, but enough to order another round of coffee to get comfortable again. But then, a wind seemed to start up, rustling the tops of the trees. The soldiers paid it no mind until they heard the screaming in the wind. Not fearful screams, but screams of anger. Screams that told the soldiers that they didn't belong there. The wind and the screaming grew louder. So loud that even Marie's grandfather and his family didn't feel exempt from the wrath of whatever waited for them in that forest. Marie's grandfather had an idea. Quietly, he whispered to the presence in the forest. He whispered to it in Bahasa to please spare them. He told the presence, Kami tak mau brada di sini. We don't want to be here. He looked at the Japanese soldiers and added, Mereka tak mau brada di sini juga. They don't want to be here either. He whispered it over and over until the wind died down and the screams became angry moans. And those angry moans became whispers until finally silence. Morning eventually came and the soldiers cautiously tried to head back to their base. Whatever had stopped them the night before was gone. They left, thanking Marie's great-grandfather and his family profusely. Two days later, some Japanese officers told Marie's great-grandfather that he had to close up his coffee shop. He never asked why. Two weeks later, the Japanese surrendered, and the settlers returned to Singapore. Marie tells me that her grandfather remembered not being scared at all that night. He had made friends with the soldiers and memorized their orders. But he understood that whatever that presence was, he was sending a bigger message. Marie says that, if anything, her grandfather might have been the only reason that those men even managed 
to get out of there alive. She looks off wistfully again. So I ask her how she feels. Good, she tells me, with a genuine smile. And then adds on that she also feels weird. For a second there, she says, it felt like her grandfather was telling the story through her. She asked me if that makes sense at all. I tell her that it does. And her grandfather sounds like a wonderful man. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.